Not 24 hours later, here we are. Crushing it. Crushing the podcast game. We are. Beth, uh, we had a nice day, a nice afternoon at the lake today. Yeah, we're crushing the summer too so far. Yeah. We we came right off of quarantine. I mean, we're still doing our part. We're wearing masks. Yep. Social distancing. We live in Michigan and it is polarized here on what you should be doing as far as COVID. Um, but we're doing our part. We're social distancing, all of that good stuff. And Michigan is doing like the best in the country right now. One of the best, yeah. I mean, but we've had four, four days in a row. We've had high cases. Today yeah. we're almost 500. So people are not wanting to. They just don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. We actually did really well. The governor should get a freaking medal for, yeah. her, for her decisions. And. And like, now we know we can open up the economy. Just wear a mask. You know who's what state has actually done the best with everything is Colorado. And when you and I were there, we took our family to Breckenridge for a week, um, the beginning of June and every, we went, we went to stores and grocery stores and every single person had a mask. I didn't see one person the entire time not wearing a mask. Yeah. They just wear their masks and they stay social distance. Like they wait in lines, they keep their space. It's just, yeah, and they had to keep the disease, the virus from spreading. It's such a simple thing to do. It's all you have to do. It's all you have to is do. wear a mask. But apparently, it's a knock on your freedom. Did you see the um, one of the council people for the city of Tucson? Councilman, council, one of the people that sit on the council. He's a man, of course. He's older. He's a boomer, of course. If you're a boomer, no offense, but he is. And he had a mask on to start his speech in front of a rally in front of a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And he mocked George Floyd. He said, I can't breathe in <gasps> his mask. I can't breathe. Took his mask off and said, what a joke. Oh, my gosh. And literally, Arizona has the highest positive rate for testing. They're like at 28%. Michigan's at 2%. That's positive crazy. Test. Arizona's not going to be inhabitable in 20 years because of global warming anyway. So that's, that's fine. Right. But like, it blows my mind. Like you can watch the video. He mocks him. That's insane. Yeah. He, it's insane. But it's amazing. Like I saw a tweet that said, um, I saw a tweet that said like coronavirus, it's either a failure of federal government, state government, local government, mm-hmm. or it's just a failure of a people that can't be governed. And I think that might be it. It's also a federal, a federal government. It's a huge federal failure for sure. I mean, we're, but a hundred percent people that cannot be governed. Freedom. Freedom. The same people that say a woman shouldn't be able to make a decision with her body. Say, you can't tell me to put a mask on. It blows my mind. It's the same thing. I know. I know. It's the same exact thing. Well, yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, um, we are drinking a, Another a bottle of wine tonight. Yeah. So the lovely Chris and Christina Leon, who own, we love them. That's a kissy face for them. We got. I'm coming off the lake, man. Come off the lake. I've got tons of energy. Adam is vibing. I love it. I um, love being on the lake. They have been drinking this wine, and I keep seeing it in their stories. And it's a red, and they've been drinking it chilled, like outside on their patio. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm definitely 
getting it. So it's um, Folk Machine is the maker of the wine. It's a beautiful label too. Yeah. It's like 70s style. And it's called Valdique. And let's see. Redwood Valley Mendocino. Huh. Trying to see where it's from here. Anyway, I haven't tried it yet. What do you think, Ad? I'm going to try it. I haven't tried it yet either. Oh, I thought you did. Oh, California Santa Rosa. Ooh, that's different. It's so, different. You should try it. It's good. What do you think? What do you taste? Um, I didn't let it rest on my palate long enough because I'm chug wine. I don't, I don't sip wine. Ooh. It's... I'm getting plums. Yeah, it's mild. It is mild. And Thin, it I call it. It is so good, chilled. I love it. It is a great patio wine. We... I'm very excited, too, for... Another wine, if you listen to the pot, we've drank it a few times, called Raisons Galois. Mm-hmm. And I was at my buddy Ryan's house, who owns, his name's Ryan Knapp, he owns Madcap, and he served it on his patio one summer night, chilled, mm-hmm. and it was unbelievable. Yeah. So, but this is very, really good. This is very, very good. You guys get a mild, like, fruit-forward red and chill it. Yeah. It's, they're tasty and delicious. Um, this one was a little bit higher in price point, around 26 bucks, but it's fantastic. It's really good, and honestly, my wife Beth, sitting across the table from me, is usually like a woman who wants white wine in the summer, and this summer that has not been you. Yeah. At all. It has some. I've wanted some. Not very much, though. Yeah. Not comparatively speaking. No. And this is a great way to do red wine in the summer. Yeah. How we're doing it right now. Ooh, yes. So, t- so true. All right. Let's jump into the second part. Dun, dun, dun. Of Dennis Rodrod. So when we left off, he was just leaving Detroit. He faux committed suicide and he literally committed suicide of his old self. And he said, F, F everybody who thinks I'm going to be this nice boy. I am going to be the, a literal bad boy now. Yeah. He said, my new mantra is F the world and I'm leaving yep. Detroit. And he was traded to the San Antonio Spurs for Sean Elliott. Quick aside. Growing up in the suburbs of Detroit, we won this, my elementary school won this, who could read the most pages for all the schools in Detroit. Mm-hmm. My elementary school won, and the winner got Sean Elliott. First place got Sean Elliott to come to their school. Second place got Cecil Fielder. I kind of wish we had Cecil Fielder because I was more of a baseball guy th- those days. Sean <laughs> Elliott comes to our school, just got traded for Dennis Rodman, comes to our school, and my like ran like we have this we went to a pretty big elementary school in in suburbs of Detroit. My brother somehow gets called up to the front of the like raises his hand, called up Sean Elliott puts his arm around Stu, mm-hmm. and they take a bunch of pictures. The next day, the front of the Free Press, the Detroit Free Press, showed this picture of Stu and Sean Elliott being like kids read, mm-hmm. you know, slow. It was it must have been a slow summer news cycle. <laughs> but my brother <laughs> made the front of the Free Press with Sean Elliott, That's who got traded cool. for Dennis Rodman. Thank goodness that happened. Thank goodness. So anyway, Beth. So October 5th, 1993, Dennis gets traded to the Spurs. And I have in my notes, back in Texas? Back to Texas. West Texas, though. Much different place. Totally. San Antonio is the queen bee. That's what I've heard. No, sorry, Austin. Austin's great. But San Antonio is like, like West Texas is way different than Dallas, Austin. Like night and day. Yeah. There's hills. Yeah. And there's like. It's pretty be- San Antonio is a beautiful town. San Antonio is what been. the country folks sing about, right? 
Uh, George Strait owes half of his catalog to San Antonio. Yeah, there we go. Now I'm tracking. Okay. So still doesn't seem like a great fit for Dennis. And we learn it's not. Not ideal. Um, so Dennis uh, moves to San Antonio, takes on his new mantra of F the world, and watches the latest Wesley Snipes movie. Yep. Demolition Man. Great movie. If you've never seen it. Decides that he will try out a new haircut and hairstyle, which I'm fine with. It's awesome. I love it. But he literally shows up late to his first day of practice because he's getting his hair bleached to a platinum level. And not even practice, but where all the fans were there. Oh, that's it was right. Like it wasn't practice. Fest. It was a fan fest. Yeah. And he's late. So the stadium's like two thirds full of fans to meet Dennis Robin and the Spurs. Yeah. And if you go to San Antonio, like that's all they have. There's no hockey team. There's no professional baseball team. All they have is a Spurs. Yeah. It's very random, to be honest with you. Just out of curiosity, is it San? Should we say San Antonio or San Antone? We should say San Antone. I think we should say San Antone like George would. George would say it. San Antone. That feels bright. Yeah. I might say San Antone. Um, because I'm a country girl. You are a country girl. <laughs> you can take the girl out of the country. I'll tell you that much. But I've you tried. can't take the San Antone out of the girl. Nope. I know that. Can't do that. Um, so what does he say? He says this really weird thing. He says, you can love me. I don't even take notes on this. Okay, I remember okay, say it. it. He says, you can love me. You can hate me. But when I'm on this court, I'm going to get solid. I'm going to get solid <laughs> and throws the mic. Throws the mic. Just tosses it. Yep. And I am like. Literally, like all these talking heads, it's cutting. What? I'm going to get solid. Like, what's he talking about? And I'm like, what's he talking about? The fans Lose love it. it. <laughs> and, and he takes his hat off and they go nuts. David Robinson had to adjust his jock strap because he was very uncomfortable. He's like, <laughs> David Robinson is the whitest black person you'll ever see. Yeah. And I mean like, that as an insult. He's yeah, he's he's a he's a he was one of the greatest basketball players to ever live. But he's an accomplished pianist. He's soft. And Super Dennis soft. knew he was soft. The yeah. whole team was soft. That's why they brought Dennis in. That's why they brought Dennis in. Yeah. Um, David was like, and before I speak, can anybody, can you guys roll out the baby yes. grand? And I want to play <laughs> Vincenzo in five. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I love Rodman for this. Um, Takes I, his hat off. Yeah. I, and shows Ricardo's hair I'm for the first time. I'm getting this sensation right now at this point in the documentary. Spoiler, I won't stick with this sensation. Dennis is finding himself. That's what I'm kind of feeling like. Yep. Oh, Dennis is becoming, he's certainly becoming the Rodman that I remember because when he was with, in the Pistons, I was like one years old. So this is the Dennis Rodman that we think of. Like, this is all we know. This is all we know. This he is true, Dennis. He looked de normal, Dennis, normal being just like without all the tattoos and piercings and, and dyed hair, looks abnormal to me. When I see that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not who I remember. The That's quiet, all, yeah. just smiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not like kind of interesting and unique. And and, and even like, so he starts, he in, in as he get in the season, so one of the commentators in the documentary said, he let, it's like they let the freak flag fly. Like he's like, I don't care what you think of me. I'm going to play the way I want. He, which, spoiler, he won the defensive like player. He won the most, the, the best rebounder in the league again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says midway through the season that I'm beginning to love Dennis Rodman. I'm beginning to like Dennis Rodman. Like he's starting to like himself because yeah. he's starting to be who he wants to be or who he's finding himself to be. Yeah. I think in life we all go through these moments where we start to figure out who we are. And for a lot of us that happens in our 
you know, somewhere between like mid twenties and early thirties, but it's not like it's, it's not like this for the majority of us. It's not like this, like this, we're living one way we switch and live a completely different way. We just start to understand who we are better. I think Dennis started to mature in his thirties and figure out what he really wanted out of life. Yeah. And that's what happened here. Yeah, I think so. Um, so he gets the attention of none other, but Madonna, Michigan native, Mount Pleasant native Madonna. Mount Pleasant native. Shall we say? <laughs> Michigan needs to like take what's going for it. Yeah. Um, and this really accelerates his fame. Everybody's like, John John Sally's like, without Madonna, there would be no Dennis Rodman as you as we all know him. And Dennis yeah. is like, I was already on that path. I'm not, I am not who I am because of Madonna. Let's just get that Which straight. Doesn't make sense though to me because he. <clears throat> So the Madonna part goes, they dated for a while. She wants him to give him, she wants him to have a baby with her. Uh-huh. He's like, I don't want to do that and, and, and get married. Yeah. And he didn't want to do that. And he mentions when he's talking about that, he's like, I would be living in Madonna's shadow. Yeah. So he knows it's he true. He knows it's true. Exactly. They're like jet setting everywhere on her plane. Yeah. Like this in is her not, limo. It, yes, exactly. Like it is true. She like brought you up and made you famous. Like. The only people that knew about you were like the people who were basketball diehards. And then, you know, trickling down from there, just the people who really whose team you played on yeah. up to this point. Mm-hmm. Now the world knows about you. Yeah. You have to thank Madonna for that. Give her the recognition. She did make you one of the most famous people. I mean, he he took it farther for yeah. sure. But I don't know if he could have done it the way he has without Madonna. No. Maybe. I don't know. No. We don't know. You can't. So, um, yeah, they break up. Dennis does not want to uh, let Madonna have his baby like and, she wants. And then. Oh, I wish that Madonna, they would have been able to interview her. I know. They probably asked her. She probably said no. That would have been awesome. Because that's probably classic Madonna. Yeah. Who's. Oh, yeah. Dennis Robin. I barely remember that. <laughs> um. So then a Sports Illustrated columnist. State like says, let's do a let's do a cover story on you. I'm going to basically chill with you for a week. Yes. So Dennis decides during that week to essentially talk about gay sex fantasies that he has. Cross dressing Mm -hmm. fantasies that he has and takes this guy. Well, not just fantasies, but cross dressing. He loves cross dressing. He he loves loves dressing and gay sex fantasies he has. And he goes to gay bars all the time. Now, we have to we have to take a step back to say this in 2020. You're like, so what? To say this in 1995 is a huge... 1993. Three is a huge difference. Oh. Huge difference. I remember as a kid when he played for the Bulls that it was just like Dennis Rodman is a weirdo. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I remember, like, people's interpretation of it. Like, he's an amazing basketball player, but he's weird. Yeah. Like, because he dyes his hair and wears wedding dresses and... Yep. Don't, don't spoil it, Beth. Yeah. Wedding you guys, dresses too oh, soon. shoot. You, you guys probably no one know knows the story. <laughs> so, so, but with, but with what I thought was very interesting though, was he talks about going to a lot of gay bars and he didn't, he go, he, he, I think maybe part of him was like, this is kind of interesting. I'm kind of into this sexually a tiny bit, but the majority of it is because they, if you've ever been friends with someone who's gay, they love you better than most people do. In yeah, my experience. America does not deserve gay people. No, we They're don't. amazing. Yeah. And we 
don't deserve one of my best friends is gay and he is just like a brother like he just is very accepting and loving and i've had a number of friends who are gay and they're all so nice and loving and caring and they're accepting i know because they don't want they know what it feels like to not be accepted exactly and so that's why dennis rodman clung to them and it makes in 1995 you'd probably like what are you talking about in 2020 makes a ton of sense yeah totally and And the only reason you'd be like it doesn't like what are you talking about is because you don't we didn't go like we've been living through this movement the last you know 25 years they were extreme social outcasts still in in the 90s especially in san antone imagine that imagine being gay in san San antone oh you're liable you're liable to get shot you are so he loves he loves identifying with the outcasts and this i think is also like a group of people that sort of is fueling this fire to be really different and individualistic and be who he wants to be like whatever that looks like dressing in drag still being attracted to women all of it um so i mean like he found his community and i think it's great and amazing but he does that photo shoot and he's wearing like a leather like like pleather like the shiny the shiny leather yeah outfit and he's got like a chain around his neck and he's like laying on a couch and then in another picture there's like he's holding like a big raven and just wearing like boxer briefs or something like leopard he's print cha- yeah, he's got like a chain in his mouth at one point yeah pulling on his own pants with it yes so not I that mean, i remember this that is... <laughs> not that that was not my that favorite... i took a screenshot of it <laughs> not that that was my favorite picture um so yeah you, when you like try to put yourself back at that era you're like this is super controversial yeah. and provocative and like the world was not ready for it but he put it on the world and like I'm glad he did. It made us all better. Or we had to deal with Dennis Rodman. Yeah. And he didn't care. He could no. take all that on. So now we're getting like shot after shot after shot of his hair and outfits and makeup. And I'm like, I am so here for this. Why has nobody labeled Dennis Rodman a fashion icon yet? Because it's amazing he's how out of his time. He's not a fashion icon. He's a total no, yeah, none totally. Of his, none of his no, none of his outfits made like Fashion icons trend set. He didn't trend set anything. He just wore whatever he wanted to wear. He didn't trend set. No one's like, I'm wearing that now. That never happened. Yeah. Only in Paul Giamatti's fantasy in Billions does that happen. I don't necessarily agree with you on what it means to be a fashion icon. Um, So we'll just have our differing opinions. If any fashion icons are listening, please write us hello or hot take at happilyopinionated.com <laughs> and let us know who's right. Anybody qualified yeah. on fashion icons? We yeah. need your help. Um, so, okay, with this, then we also learned that he's like starting to party a lot and he's out all the okay, time. Okay, we need to talk about partying a lot. So this dude, like, this guy could drink. Yeah, and he's not young. Like, no. most of us would be doing this in... Like college years. Yeah. I I mean, I'm 34 and like just from where I could drink when I was 30, it's way different. Like yeah. I can't drink that much anymore. Do you think Dennis is around 30 right now? I can't. I mean, he was in the Pistons from 20. He was in the Pistons for six years. So I think I want to say he's probably 33, 34 with the Spurs here. Maybe 32. Yeah. Because he okay. was, he was, a fr- he was a rookie at 26 and he was yeah. there for six years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's probably 30. He's probably our age yeah, right like 32. now. He's 32. Yeah. That that's the math, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, 
I don't know how he's doing it, but he learned, we learned that he's doing that like crazy uh-huh. and sports culture is not ready for Dennis because he's changing his hair all the time and he's doing all of his media and his yeah. many outfits and makeup yep. and it, it, it's like over the top. Everything is like the flashier, the better. I mean, he's wearing like crop top, um, what halter you, tops, not halter tops. Well, yeah, probably those too, but like. Even like tube tops, tube tops. Yes. He's wearing a tube. Remember top. a tube top in the nineties yes. as, as a prepubescent boy. Uh, oh my gosh. Britney Spears in one of those or Dennis Rodman or Christina Aguilera. Christina was gorge. Yeah. Um, so he's starting to get difficult as a basketball player. Yeah. He's causing tons of problems. He breaks stuff, gets technical suspensions, argues with the coaches, refs and other players. Like, it's crazy watching some of this old footage. He's arguing with his own assistant coaches during the games, not like a practice. Yeah. Like, they're trying to restrain him. He's pushing them. So he's developing, like, this reputation of, like, beyond a bad boy, just, like, unmanageable, like, not worth having on your team. Yeah, like Ron Artest or, like, Rasheed Wallace in a very unhealthy state. Yes. So in 13 months' time with the Spurs... Do you have these stats? He has. You do. We paused the show four times to go back and watch what they were. You didn't write them down? I wrote down the fine. He has, in 13 months time with the Spurs, he has three suspensions, eight ejections, and 40 technicals. And $54,250 in fines. In like one year. Yeah. It's, that's a lot. It's a lot. You said this. We were like, he, he's averaging half a technical a game. Every other game he received a technical foul, which is crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. You're basically not trying. You're, you're like, you're trying at that point to get a technical or to do something bad. Yeah. Crazy. I put it in my notes that he reminds me watching these tapes of a professional wrestler. Yeah. Like it looked, it just looked insane yeah. and ridiculous how he was acting like throwing chairs. Yeah. And I was like, the drama, the drama doesn't, it almost doesn't seem real because it's not warranted. Uh huh. Like just over what? Like the game of basketball. So then we jump what? from talking head to talking head. That's like, I mean, I'm no psychologist. I'm no psychologist. I'm no psychologist. I'm no psychologist. I but don't want to say that I'm a psychologist. His, but also his bodyguard was my favorite. Yeah, he was awesome. He really got Dennis, I think. Um, what was his name? Wesley Williams? Yeah. Well done. Um, and they also said at one point they're like performance art versus performance. Yeah. Like he wasn't performing. He wasn't like performing as an athlete. He was out there trying to do something different. He was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. So they all say that I'm no psychologist, no psychologist. I'm not a psychologist, but everybody's saying like, I just don't see how you go from being who you were in Detroit and do like a complete 180. And it's like, this is who I'm really am. And their opinion is like, this is just another persona. This is the new persona. That's going to keep Dennis from getting hurt. Yeah. Like you're not, you can't hurt me now because I'm like not even myself. I don't know what to say about that. I have like some feelings without like a psychologist actually having talked to Dennis and like come up with that synopsis. I kind of didn't like that. I was like, I kind of don't like that ESPN put that in there. Of like Mm. these people who are just psychoanalyzing him who have no right to do it really. 
who don't have any degree in it, yeah. who haven't actually had the conversation with him, are like, it's not real. It's a mask. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, <laughs> but... I'm no psychologist. I think I think people would say that he is acting out for a reason. Yeah, I think he has pain for sure. Like, I would not dispute that because he makes a lot of choices where I'm like, I take issue. Um, but I just, I just don't think that you can decide who someone else's authentic self was. And that's what it seemed like to me. Sure. They could be right. They could be wrong. I don't know. I'm just saying he didn't really get, they, they didn't give Dennis an opportunity to like speak on that. So if I Mm -hmm. was him and I would have watched that Mm -hmm. and then not felt like they would have sort of let me know, like, you know, watching people that were interviewing for the you for this watching you go from the way you were to this they don't think it's real what would you say about that i would be like great now everybody is gonna judge me and sure i mean for all dennis is still that way yeah anyway i don't know so long long story short Similar to Detroit where he became a nuisance, he became a distraction. That happened after a few years in San Antonio. The furthest they made it was the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference final, meaning that they were one round away from the NBA final. Um and you know, after I think three years there, he wore out his welcome. Yeah. And so uh then we shift to Phil Jackson, legendary coach of the Bulls and the Lakers. Uh and at the time he's the coach of the Bulls, coaching MJ and Scottie Pippen, and they just won three championships. Michael Jordan took two years off or a year and a half off, came back. And after his, the year he came back, um, that off season, um, Phil puts together a list of five players he thinks could help change the team mm-hmm. or help the team needed to change a little bit. And number five was Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Cause the, the bulls needed somebody tough also. Yep, right. Yep. Um, for rebounding. Yep. Who'd they lose? I can't remember. Was it Horace? Horace Grant had left a couple of years before to go to the Magic who beat them. Yeah. They lose. They lost somebody they lost, else. They lost. It was Horace Grant, basically, yeah. I think. Yeah. Which, quick aside, the MJ 30 for 30, which was also, which was 10 episodes. No. Was it 10? Was it 10 Sundays in a row or was it? Well, they did two each. Yeah. It was, it was five Sundays. It was 10 episodes. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was so good. It was so good. You should, you should, if you like, if you like sports at any level, you should watch it. Anyway, so long story short, Phil Jackson pulls Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, like the captain and the assistant captain of that team, into a room and says, Hey, I'm thinking about bringing in Dennis Robin. What do you think? And MJ was kind of cool with it. He's like, Who's going to control this cat when he gets out of control? Totally. And Phil was like, I'll do it. And Scotty's like, no, no. Because <laughs> hard pass. I hate him. If you go back, especially if you watch the MJ, MJ documentary, Scotty and Dennis went at it for years when Dennis was in Detroit. Yeah. Like there's one part where Dennis throws him, literally throws him through the baseline into the crowd. I know it's crazy. Scotty's like, wasn't my good friend David Robinson just having a ton of problems with Dennis? I don't think I will <laughs> like him either. Scotty's nowhere near as soft as Dennis as David Robinson is, but no, he's not and still I- very soft. 
he's not soft at all but i was just like no, joking still because not soft, yeah david robinson is so soft even at one point like someone says dennis thought david robinson was soft and it cuts to david and he's like everyone's not the same yeah we're not the same everybody's not the same you guys like some of us aren't aren't tough guys they li- and then and then he's playing his piano they, they li- yeah they literally show him playing a piano from the mid 90s oh yeah he's just all it's up hilarious. and down those keys yeah like most basketball players are like sitting in their expensive houses when like the cameras want to like film them or like lifting weights or driving a super fancy car and david robinson is like do you guys like mozart so the bulls take him and cut to michael jordan who starts like talking about his team and i just am wondering like can you even imagine being like Michael Jordan's child or wife? You're never going to ever be right about a single thing. No. Never. Like instantly Michael's like, so I worked out all the details. I got Scotty to be on board, told Phil to handle him. And, you know, I knew Rodman would do whatever I say. So it's fine. So they run it by the tower, Scotty Pippen, and he finally agrees. <laughs> Scotty's not the tower. <laughs> In this case, he is. And enter the Rodman we all actually remember yep. and love. So, but to Dennis's credit, he goes to Chicago and does kind of do his thing. Like, or doesn't, he, like he, he goes, he still has his flair. He still has his hair dyed and all this stuff, but he's not, he's not acting out. Yeah. He's playing great defense. He... They they start talking about how he was enamored with Michael Jordan. Yeah. And honestly, totally. like, I, I would be too. Honestly, like, Michael, like, think I about this. I would be for two seconds until he was so condescending. Yeah, like, he's condescending. not my favorite person. But he probably wasn't afraid of, he probably was, like, looked at Dennis like, Dennis could kick my ass. Like, Michael Jordan, everybody else, he just, he bullied, he bullied them to a, to a pulp. I don't know. There's no, we never saw anything on the bulls on the mj documentary this one where it said like michael would like intimidate dennis well i don't think that would work because Uh like we know that dennis does not care at all about anything you say to him no we also find out that after nine nba seasons dennis has no money zero he has spent all of it yeah every dime he's broke completely broke after nine nba seasons it's crazy um, so anyway, so then they're start interviewing people that know Dennis and they were all saying like he was obsessed with Michael and Dennis is just laughing like, no, I'm like, who said, <laughs> yeah, he does that weird breathing I know. all the time. It's very distracting. It is. It's like, I'm not going to, this is how he talks <laughs> I and know, he breathes like, like that. Well, I would not, when I saw Michael. Yeah, it's like so weird. I was like, you need to like, call, do, you, do you have COVID? <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm like, Can you breathe? Yeah, something is, he always talks like that now. Anyway. One of the talking heads being the adorable Sam Smith from the MJ oh, documentaries gosh. as well. And says, the Bulls were probably the team who were the most well-equipped to absorb this lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> and that Dennis idolized Michael. And... Like everybody that knows him says he did. Like every person not, that they not John Sally. John Sally says Dennis loved Michael's dirty ass drawers. 
And I mean, honestly, like, I think that's fair. And then we'll cut to condescending Michael, who's like, I don't know if he idolized. I don't know he, if idolized is the right word, but he viewed it as my team. And so when I said something. And if things needed to be said, said, I could easily say it. And Dennis would respect that. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. He's very condescending. He's so condescending. Yeah. He viewed it as my team. Yikes. Literally, when we all know Scottie Pippen is the second best player in the NBA. Right. Right. And Michael's like, I own him too. He works. I mean, Scottie works for me. Oh, it's just so hard. It's like, Michael, you couldn't do it without Scottie. We know, we know that. We watched your 30 for 30. We, we learned that you need a team. Yeah, you need, you need Scotty. You need all of them. We yeah. learned that, that you, like the Pistons beat you. They, they whooped on you because you didn't have a team. Pistons never would have whooped on LeBron like they whooped on MJ. I'll tell you that much no, right now. No, because you can't put people in chokeholds anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that. Um, okay, so they, his first year in, in, in Chicago is 96. He and him and Phil start to develop that relationship he had with Chuck Daly, like a father yeah. figure. Yeah. Very close. And the Bulls are doing well. V- Bulls are doing well. They, they won. I think they won 33 of their final or 40 of their. They went like 40 and three in their last 43 games. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they win the 96 championship. Robin writes a book that summer. You're totally skipping something, though, because in that first year by March, Dennis headbutts a ref. Oh, yeah, he had but a ref. He had butts a ref. Did he kick the cameraman, too? That that hasn't happened yet. That's coming up. And then they cut to Matt Lauer talking about it, and I just wrote barf. Yeah, I wrote... I'm like, don't remind us of these times. Full head of hair Matt Lauer, too. The worst kind of Matt Lauer. Ugh. I was like, how many women did he... That guy honestly sucks. He sucks. I was like, I wonder how many women he sexually assaulted on that day that he was talking about this. Matt Lauer should be in jail yeah legit should be in jail but he's not i know he lost his job and that's bad enough no he's got a billion dollars yeah he he his he's fine i know it but they okay so the bulls actually they win the nba championship but our opinion on man lauer is that guy sucks he sucks we hate him we hate him and i I, I really hope he has something i really hope he goes to jail or something we hope something bad happens happens to to him him. (laughs) he should get covid There's a handful of people in this world. He would struggle through it and he should get it. He should get it. There you go. It's out there. It's in the universe. You can't take it back. I can't can't edit it out. With all the thousands of plays that we get, how many times will that be put out into the universe? Oh, man. When I run for office, people people are like, what about when he said Matt Lauer should get COVID? I'll be like, I said, yeah, I completely think he totally should get COVID. Yes. So they, they actually win the NBA championship Dennis's first year. His first season. Yeah. That was their fourth They're championship. Awesome. And now what you were going to tell And now he writes a book <laughs> and he decides for that book, he's going to the book launch um, is in New York City. And when it's debuted, he, he announces he's going to get married. <laughs> and just, what he doesn't I tell. honestly love it so much. What he doesn't tell people. Nobody knows who the bride is. Yep. Turns out he's the bride. Dennis is and he literally marries the bride. Himself. And the camera shots are amazing. Yeah. Like the foresight to have a camera be there while you were getting like I zipped know. into your dress. I know. And the whole time he's got a full wig. Full wig a on. Gorgeous wig. Gorgeous wig. He's got four male, gro- four grooms around him that are all women. 
<laughs> dressed in tuxedos. <laughs> and he goes to Barnes and Noble on fifth. And it is packed. I mean, there are the streets, thousands of it, people. The streets are lined up for this. Yeah. It was as if Princess Diana was in town or something like, or Kate yeah. Middleton. I mean, the streets and he's riding in that chariot. Yeah. He's in a chariot. <laughs> he goes <laughs> to the book. Awesome. <laughs> Oh, oh my man. gosh, Dennis. A week after its release, Bad As I Want to Be shoots to number one on the New York Times bestselling list. Yep. All because of that genius stunt. And someone said, you're a basketball player is one thing, but when you're a number one bestselling author, you, the world is yours. And I was like, only someone who writes would say that. Yeah. Only a journalist would say that. I think it's because if you have one of the, like, the number one bestselling book for a time, people want to interview yeah. you. Um, cause everybody's talking about you. Like everybody's talking about totally. your book. So I remember, do you remember this? Like, I remember my dad saying like, he wears wedding dresses and stuff. Like he's, I remember he's just, I watched ESPN. I was 11 years old. I was watching sports center three times a day. Like I, so I, I learned, I watched sports center like it was going out of style and I, that's where I saw about it, saw it when I was a kid. So Dennis writes the book, shoots to number one, does things like wears wedding dresses when people aren't expecting it cut to him and he's like you know believe it or not but um i was more famous than michael for three years in a row yeah he was <laughs> i know but i just love that he said it again everybody- michael's like dennis plays for me and yeah. does whatever i say and dennis is like and i was more famous than him someone said imagine being more popular than the pope in vatican city yes and that is basically what happened and so we start to hear that like Dennis is somebody that people could connect with and relate to. Yeah. It like Michael was famous because of his skills, but nobody could really relate to him. And I get it. Like watching him on camera, I'm like, I could not relate to that dude. Like he is intense and tough and over the top. And I think he would drive you crazy. Totally. I really do. If you had to be around him a lot. So he, he's like at bars all the time and like you could show up to a bar and Dennis will show up. He'll be there and he'll buy everybody drinks and he drinks to like five or six in the morning. Yeah. So this, this, this is crazy. This, this is the groundhog day routine. Yes. They're saying like every night he'd go play a game, get done with the game at 1030. He'd work out uh-huh. for an hour. Yes. So 1130, go to the bar. Sometimes he'd drink two beers. Sometimes he'd drink two dozen. Mm-hmm. And he would go to bed at five or six in the morning, get to shoot around at 10. And Michael say he would run like a gazelle. Yeah. <laughs> He'd run faster than anybody on the whole team. Drink all night and come to practice and run like a gazelle. Well, Michael's one of the most haunting parts of the thing was Michael was like, I thought he'd be dead by 40. Yeah. Like, I didn't think he'd see like 40. Like he was burning the candle at both yeah. ends. So with like a torch. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Even Dennis says at some point, like, I don't really know how I survived those years. Yeah. Because it was like every day for seven years straight. And I was like, that's... Seven years straight. That's like 2,000 days. Yeah. Like 2,500 days. No, seven years, was that was after that was after his career was over. This was just during his no, career. No, it was, it was... Oh, from now until then. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That's what Dennis will eventually even say about it. And I was like, I'm like doing the math in my head and I'm just like, that's like 2,000, yeah. like 2,500 days straight. It's crazy. So everybody, if, if any great daddy story has this coming. Uh, so his dad's name is literally Philander. Yeah. Enter Philander Rodman. Philander. Of all the names you could have, it's Philander. And Beth, tell the people 
He lives. In, so he went. He he left when he left. He was in the in the army when he left his son. He went in the army for a number of years. Decided that when he left the army, he stayed in the Philippines mm-hmm. and lived his life there. How many children does he have in the Philippines? No less than twenty five. No, I think not. Twenty five isn't the most significant part of that statement. It's no less than. Yeah, I don't even Meaning think Philander knows. there's probably more. Yeah. And it, it, I would kind of think like if you were Flander, you'd be like, I've got some kids. They'd be like, how many? Well, some. So, I just don't think you would say, I've got at yeah. least 25 that I know of. <laughs> like, I'm just like, who keeps having babies with this man? So probably a bunch of Filipino women. Yeah, I think you're right. That's my guess. So he signs on with like extra. Like he's with a TV crew. Yeah. And he goes to a game to try to engage with his son for the first time since Dennis was three. But immediately talking to like reporters and like and a film signing crew. autographs with fans. Yeah. And advertising yourself as Dennis Rodman's dad. And he literally is wearing an extra hat. Like remember extra from the 90s with the big E and the, yes, yes. He's wearing that hat and he's with a reporter next to him in camera crew. And Dennis basically didn't let him in. Yeah. Didn't engage them. Said, no, you're not doing this. So this is a big wrinkle. Mm-hmm. And we know that Dennis cannot handle. Emotional wrink- stuff. He can't handle an emotional wrinkle. Even he can't handle emotional stuff to the point of like, I did some outside research with the member of the family, um, the rich family that he was. Yeah. So not Brian, but Brian's older brother died at 49. Okay. And so this was this was a few years ago. Dennis was invited to the funeral, was told about it, right? Couldn't go, was going to go to the funeral, never showed up and said, I can't handle these kinds of, um, I can't, I can't take these kinds of events. Wow. They also said that they had a falling out 10 years before and they have no communication. Like they weren't surprised he didn't come because they have no communication. Like Dennis can't handle this kind of stuff. No. Yeah. So this is, Dennis is already, has already been engaging in, extremely self-destructive behavior since leaving the Pistons. And then like Philander shows up and this just sets him on an even more like the trajectory of self-destruction yep. sort of amplifies it. And Shirley, <laughs> Shirley says I started losing him and she, she just doesn't know why. Oh, Shirley. And so she basically just pieces out and like, you can find me if you want to Yep. and goes home and she is out. Yep. She's bounced. Um, and this is where we start talking to his former bodyguard, Wendell Williams. Yep. I think I said Wesley earlier. It's Wendell. Tells him that like all these people around you, they're using you and they don't care about you, man. Like yeah. he's buying all these people drinks every night, like going broke and and spending all of his emotional energy and t- and physical energy with these people. And he's like... You don't think I know that? Like, he literally says that to his bodyguard. Like, Dennis is like, of course they are. I totally know that. And you can see, like, literally the way that that broke even his bodyguard's heart to have to watch that. Mm -hmm. It was hard for him to tell that, like, how sad it was to watch somebody engage in this level of self-destruction. So, like, Dennis doesn't... He's doing all these things to, like be incredibly famous like keep himself in the spotlight because attention makes him feel loved and 
he uses that attention to get love, but obviously that's not real. It's like fictitious, but he also can't handle the fame. He hates it. Yeah. So he, it's just this vicious cycle where it's like he has to be in the spotlight to get attention. So he thinks that he's being loved, but he also hates being famous Mm -hmm. and it, it really turns him into kind of a monster. Yeah. Which fast forward to one of the games in the 1997 season, maybe the 98 season. Um, so the Bulls won in 96 to 197. And then uh, he's in a game and he goes up for a, a rebound and gets fouled and comes down in the baseline. And he like kind of lands on a cameraman and then kicks him, like kicks the cameraman kicks really hard, hard in the leg. But like in the foot. Yep. And gets ejected. And the next shot you see is the cameraman being wheeled out on a gurney because he's like, I'm going to sue Dennis Rodman in the NBA. They have him on like, isn't it like one of those handheld stretchers? Like Like a soccer stretcher. Yeah. Yeah. Like it makes me think of like the lifeguard thing. Yeah. And he's literally like has his arms like crossed over his body. and He's laying so still. And I'm like, you're joking. Yeah. A hundred percent joking. Like, why don't you just be like. Hey guys, I'm the person Dennis kicked. I forgive him, and still you'll be on every news. Exactly. And so Dennis, t- like in the camera after the game, is like, "Yeah, make an example of me. Suspend me. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care." He gets suspended for eight games, which is a lot. I mean, that's like almost ten percent of the season for kicking the cameraman. Yeah, ten yeah. percent of the season. And Michael and Scotty and the team pull him aside, and they said they yelled at him at, in in the locker room. Mm-hmm. It's like this is what you said you wouldn't do. You're doing it. Like you're just we. You know, we, we count on you. We yeah, need you, you promised us. Yeah. yeah. And then you flash to Isaiah Thomas, who, you know, Isaiah Thomas is on the Pistons, was on the Pistons and um, talked about the unconditional love that they gave him. And they didn't. Yeah. We never saw Dennis act that way because we loved him no matter what. And he made it sound. And again, Isaiah hates the Bulls. And he hates Michael Jordan. He hates Michael Jordan. And so I think he says to say, like, they didn't love him well. That's why he acted that way. And we loved him really well. And that's why he didn't act that way here. Well, I just think you got him at the, you got him a different part of his life. I don't think it really has anything. I, I don't know. This is my, I'm just, I'm opinionating on the happily yeah. opinionated podcast. But that wasn't my interpretation of what Isaiah was saying. I didn't. I could be wrong. Like, maybe he did actually say that, like, you guys aren't loving him. He right? said he said they weren't giving him the unconditional love that he was looking for. Yes. But he also said, like, I could just see that he needed, like, love and care, and he cries. Yeah, he had to walk off camera. Yeah, he, Isaiah wa- did. he walks away. And so I think, like, Isaiah just knows, like, Isaiah knows, like, your basketball team, like, is a business. They're not really a family, but we were able to do that for you. But you were never going to find that again. And he's like, he's still looking for that. Yeah. he That's what he truly needs. And he's yeah. not getting it. So they win the they win championships in 96, 97, 98. After 98, the Bulls break up their team. And so Dennis goes to the Lakers in 99. Parties the whole time in 99. Doesn't do well in the Lakers. Leaves the Lakers. Goes to the Dallas. Dallas. Mm-hmm. Mavericks. Back to Dallas in 2000. You said you wouldn't do it. And you did it. And he didn't even make it a whole season there. Yeah. He lasted just a handful of games and basically retired. Well, he he marries Carmen Electra in 1998 and divorces her in six months. That's true. And then he, go, yeah, he goes to those two other teams and then he gets a DUI and gets suspended. And he never really recovers from that, yep. right? Nope. 
And that's um, someone who takes better notes right there. <laughs> and then he marries and then he starts to date someone named Michelle after his time in Dallas. Yeah. Yes. And he's partying five days a week and they'd stay home for two days a week. She talks about that. They would go super hard for five days and stay home for two days and go super hard for five days and stay home for two days. That was in Dallas. After. Uh, no, this is after he was done. Yeah. When yeah. he's back. I think he moved to California. I think so, that. too. Right. Right. Yeah. He's just like, a. I mean, like in California, there's like a clip of him, like completely gone, like so, so drunk and wasted, just a literal mess talking about how he knows nobody likes him and he's just kind of like ragey and he's obviously his eyes are swollen. He's been yep. crying for a long time. He's literally just only partying. He lives in a beach house, his girlfriend. And did they get married? Is it his they ex-wife? They had DJ and then Trinity. they got married and then they had Trinity. Yeah. Okay. So they have two kids. She lives like up the hill from him. Yeah. He lives in the beach house, and the party house. he stays in the beach house. And sometimes his kids come to the beach house to visit him. And then she takes the kids back home because the beach house is so crazy. Yeah. And he stays at the beach house. Like, it's just, this is not the guy that you want to pick to be the father of your kids. Yeah. And so he attempts to come back to the NBA and has a scheduled practice with the Denver Nuggets and just doesn't show up. Doesn't show up at Ends all. up in Vegas instead. And this is when he says he can't believe he survived all these, like, seven years. But yeah. he says he has no regrets. No regrets. Zero regrets. I'm like, if I... And they got divorced. We should talk about that. Like, they got divorced. Yeah. Because she was like, he was destructive. And, um, yeah. But he's like, I have no regrets. He lived, he lived like hell for seven years. The police showed up to his house 50 times one year. It's insane. That's every week. Yeah, that's every week. For noise complaints. It, when he says he has no regrets, I'm just like, if I could just, I mean, just considering that you're not happy now, because he's like, this made me who I am. And I'm like, but you don't like yourself. Yeah. So why do you not? What is it that you are made into? Is it money? Like, I don't even understand. What have you been made into that you're so happy yep. about? Yeah. You, you like self-admittedly carry a bunch of demons around with you every day. The And. And what happened in Vegas too? He got a he like got the job. He got a, in a big accident. Remember that? And he like had mm -hmm. a huge. He was yeah. in the hospital for a long time. His mm -hmm. wife left him after that. Mm -hmm. That's when that whole thing happened. Um. And then That's and so then the next thing we talk we see is him being inducted to the NBA Hall of Fame mm -hmm. in nineteen in two thousand and eleven. I want to say. And um. His his speech is like his face is so puffy from crying and he's so he talks about his regrets and he says, I want to be a better father to my kids. And mm -hmm. his his eldest daughter from his first marriage is there and his two younger kids, DJ and Trinity and Trinity are there. And he says, I want to be I, I've been absent for a lot of things. I want to be a better father. At this point, he's not engaged in his kids at all. At all. Yeah, none. And he talks about his mom is there, and he's like, Shirley Robin. He's like, she never hugged us. He said this. I know. At a speech. She he never. He like calls her out. She never could hug us because she didn't know how. Yeah. It was super awkward. It's such an awkward. Yeah. And then, and then he goes, but I promise, I pledge to be a better father. I pledge to be a better son. In the future. In the future. Yeah. And that's it. And 
The next scene we see. We know he doesn't do it. Because his ex-wife, Michelle, says in present day, yeah, he's literally never been there for his kids. And they asked Dennis about that. He's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know how to. He says this word for word. I don't know how to love them, Mm -hmm. but I know how to like them. And he's literally like his son plays basketball. His daughter plays soccer. Mm -hmm. He is not engaged in their lives in any way, shape or form. No, he's not. She Michelle says he's never been there for them. He never shows up. It's um, it's like and this is where I understand like. Everybody has. Things they go through in life that shape who they are. And some people have a really great childhood. Some people have a really horrible childhood. But when you have a kid, I have no sympathy for you if you decide I'm not going to engage them at all. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for it. Mm-mm. You know, you know that this kid is there, and you are choosing yourself over the kid because you don't want to. You would rather do whatever you want to do. We have there's so many deadbeat dads and deadbeat moms out there that pick themselves over their kids all the time. And today, and Dennis Rodman is one of those people. Mm-hmm. He knows. I agree. I mean, he even like Alexis now has his oldest daughter has a child, a son, and Dennis refers to his grandson as the baby or it. Yeah. He's like, when I hold it, I hold it away from me. And I'm like, this is your grandchild. Like, at least say my grandson or like his name. Yeah. It's so weird. But instead, he's got something else to fill his time. He does. Relationship. With Kim Jong-un. Uh, this the, is so one of the, weird. One of the darkest people in the world. And he he says he loves him. He's, a, I'm like, you can love Kim Jong-un, but not your kids. Yeah. That's what I was like. You say you. He tells the media, I love him. Dennis and he's Rodman my friend for life. Is the first American to ever meet Kim Jong-un. The second is Donna, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. for the record. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim Jong-un, when he lived in Sweden, in a boy, he went to a boarding school there. He was a huge Bulls fan, mm-hmm. a huge Bulls fan. Yeah. And so they think that kind of is like why Dennis Rodman got the in. So Dennis would go there and try to create basketball games to create some dialogue between America and North Korea. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. America doesn't really want a dialogue with North Korea because they're a dictatorship who doesn't let anything in their country. They still claim to have no coronavirus cases. Like they, there's, there's reports that if someone gets corona there, they shoot them. Oh my gosh. Not, I mean, they're not, that's just the rumor. Like, yeah. there's, there, I don't know, there's, but because they don't allow, they don't allow their citizens to have internet. Right. They give them one TV channel. Yeah. So it's a horrible place. He went, he's gone there four times. Yeah. And the fourth was the worst. Yeah. And he like gets super drunk. He's and drunk like, the whole time. He's drunk the whole time, singing like happy birthday on stage to Kim. It's super weird. In front of a thousands of people, so he's saying happy birthday to him. And I'm like, know your strengths. Why don't yeah. you go dunk the basketball, but like not or rebound it? Yeah, why don't you? We could throw a couple missed shots up, and you can rebound them. Super cool. Um, and it, it, this is just the start of a series of like Dennis being drunk yeah. in front of the media constantly, and like drunk at like parties where he's being filmed in North Korea. It's weird, but. All of this, and he gets like tons, he gets tons of backlash for this. And mm-hmm. he's like super emotional in every speech that yeah. he's giving. Like even when Donald Trump met with Kim, when, when they interview Dennis, he's like, you know, he can barely get words out. He's just crying. Yep. 
And then he says, this is his biggest legacy is the relationship the U.S. now has with North Korea. And that's all he cares about leaving behind. Yep. I'm like, what? It's. I'm like, can you care about being a decent father? No. Could you try being a grandpa? Like, at least stop with being a good basketball player. But like, listen, if you want to try to make something as complex as that better and do your part, like, I admire you for that. Like, he's trying to fix something and he knows it's broken. Yep. But to say, like, this is the only thing you care about when you have kids and you have, like, ruined their lives. Like, I just I just don't have time for it. When he gets back from his fourth trip, he checked in rehab because it was he was drunk on CNN with Chris Cuomo. He was drunk multiple times. He's drunk there. Yeah. I, I think he went there for attention. I don't think he went there for any other reason than that. And um, like they flashed. So they flashed to Shirley, his mom. She says she wish she could see her son more often, but she can't. She'll just be here when he needs her. He says, quote, one of these days I'm going to have to go have a one-on-one talk with her and then let her rest in peace after that. Quote. I know. It's crazy. And like, I'm like, that's how cool he is about it. I know. And and I'm like, after watching this whole documentary when he said that, I was like, I missed something. Either Shirley is way more of a monster than I thought. And don't get me wrong, like I'm not really giving Shirley any props because I don't think she was a great mother. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, you, you have been a terrible son. You've been a terrible father. Yeah. It just like you, you're not without, from what I can see, you have skin in the game. Like, yeah. you know it. You, yes. You know, it. it's not, like you don't know it anymore. You know what you are and you're still doing it. And she says like, I just want my son back. I just want to fix, fix this. And he just won't do it. And he goes, if I die today, I'm going to die alone. Because he has mm-hmm. no relationship with his mom, no relationship with the rich family, no relationship with any of his kids. And he goes, but guess what? I take all those demons with me. And I'm like, guess what? When you die, you take those demons with you anyway. Yeah. And you're leaving demons with the people that you've hurt. <laughs> it's just, it makes me sad because he just, he can't really compartmentalize any of this stuff to try to like weed through it. So he leaves everything the way it is and just sinks farther back. He also says, and... That like, um, this is haunting. But and the end of the documentary is really brutal. Mm-hmm. He says, "I am one of the most ten recognizable people on the planet. You should be happy, right?" And then he cries. He's and he's and then he starts to like sob and wipes his eyes. And I am like back to that beginning question: whatever was desperately pursued along the way, was it found? Yeah. No, he found nothing. He has nothing. No. He has nothing but Kim Jong-un. He really has nothing to show for his life. I mean, he's got the, the sports accolades, but like he hasn't, as a person, he hasn't improved in any way. No. No. And he doesn't regret any of it, is what, in his words. And the thing, with, the thing with this is like Dennis Rodman could tomorrow say, he could make a decision to say, I was, I was wrong and this and this and this, and I'm going to go be a great father. I'm going to go be a great son. I'm going to X, Y, and Z. I mean, he wear part of the video. He's being interviewed in a MAGA hat. He wear part of the, the, with his grandson. He's wearing a Trump shirt. Oh, Dennis, like he's making these decisions. Yeah, to be sure. this person for sure. And 
Yeah. It, I mean, we when it ended, we this is the second time we've watched it, and when it ended, it was in our living room. We were just silent. We we're just like, ugh. Yeah. Like it just felt like you got punched in the gut. Yeah, totally. You guys watch the documentary. It's it's so well done. There's some weird things that yeah, we didn't even talk too, about. Yeah, it's a little too. It's a little. Yeah. Um, some weird man, stuff we left out. Dennis is a complex individual, and it was so fun covering this documentary with you, Adam. Beth, it was great covering this with you as well. Thank you. All right, everybody. We're going to do another one next week. Get ready for it. Bye.